This is Side of Design from BWBR, a podcast discussing all aspects of design with knowledge leaders from every part of the industry. Hello, and welcome to Side of Design from BWBR. I'm your host, Matt Kirsner. Today, we're so excited to recognize the achievements and talent of the recipients of BWBR's third annual equity scholarships. Each award is designed to support equity in the built environment by providing a $2,500 prize to a student of architecture, interior design, or graphic design. Applicants submitted both a personal statement and a sample design project, and we were blown away by the caliber of submissions we received. The Scholarship for Gender Equity in Design is awarded to a woman, gender nonconforming, or trans applicant studying architecture, interior design, or graphic design. This year's recipient, Valerie Lang, is an MARC BAA interior design student at University of Washington. Her submitted project, Transcendent Flow, imagines an aerial acrobatic center for the circus community, focused on promoting gender equity by creating an accessible environment for people to feel peace and power in themselves and surpass their limits by achieving what they thought was impossible. The Scholarship for Diversity and Inclusion in Design is offered to a BIPOC student in graphics, interior design, or architecture. This year's winner, Miriam Elizabeth Jacob, is an MARC student at Columbia University. Her submitted project, The Hearth, imagines a sanctuary where the youth of Poughkeepsie can look to the newly uncovered past in the midst of their present challenges to propel how they engage with their future. Situated on a significant African-American archaeological site and speaking to the tradition of the hearth as a space of refuge and gathering in free Black communities. Welcome, Valerie and Miriam. Thank you so much for having us. Fantastic. Thank you both. So we're just going to get right into this today. And I'm wondering if each of you could tell us a little bit about your background and why you wanted to go into design. I could go ahead. So yeah, I'm a designer born and raised in the Middle East, Kuwait to be specific, and originally from Kerala, India. So growing up, I saw the conviction that my parents had in maintaining our ancestral home. It was a traditional space, a place filled with a lot of memories and histories. And I never had a role model growing up in terms of my career path. But when I look back, I can I can proudly say that the conviction that my parents had to maintain the space and their strong sentimentality towards it deeply influenced my point of view towards architecture. That's fantastic. And for me, this is Valerie. I'm getting my Master of Architecture at the University of Washington. I have my Bachelor's in Applied Arts from Bellevue College in Interior Design. And since I was a kid, I just loved being creative, problem solving. I was always searching for like a balance between art and functionality. So I was really into 3D art and ceramics. I also just want to help make a bigger impact on communities and be sustainable in my designs. I find that a lot of people we talk to that get into this field, there's something in their childhood. There's always something in their childhood that brings them into it. It's and it's I, I see it's no different here. That's fantastic. So what do each of you see as the role of design in an equitable built environment? I think just including everyone in your design. So enhancing the overall quality of life, no matter your gender, race, disability, 
we as designers can provide accessibility uh, by creating spaces for people to be involved. You know, we can affect how the program works and how it's influencing the way people behave and interact in our spaces. So thinking about how we can influence and maybe challenge these projects that we're working on to embrace everyone. Harping on what Valerie said, I, I really believe that uh, the role of a designer or or an artist or whatever, whoever's in this industry is to like constantly question the status quo. And I feel like it's, it's important to tactfully integrate narratives and stories surrounding the user, the family, maybe even the community within their very complex social, historic, and maybe even urban fabric. So that's something I'm passionate about. I also believe it's equally important to be conscious about material ecologies of these proposed designs. Like what, what does it mean in terms of the labor involved? Like who's constructing this for us? The extraction of these, where did that come from? Is, is that community being affected by the creation of another? So yeah, these are all themes that I, I love to investigate. Well, that's wonderful as well. You, you bring up the, the whole supply chain in, mm-hmm. in your statement. That's, that's something I don't think a lot of people think about when we're talking about architecture. Everybody really thinks about the final product. They think about what it looks like, how that final product might impact that community and where it sits. But exactly. they're not necessarily thinking about all the pieces and parts that go into that and all the communities that it has impacted along the way. That's, it's, it's so good to hear people who are in, you know, at the beginnings of their careers, thinking about these things and talking about these things. I never thought about it this way until I was fortunate to be part of this lecture done by this amazing individual called uh, Thomas Shepherdhorter. And he does a class in Columbia where I'm doing my MRC right now. And he's, he's done a lot of investigative, I would always say journalistic analysis on buildings and like their origins and like the embodied energy behind it. So I was fortunate to be a part of it. So it has influenced how I think now. So could you tell us more about the project that each of you submitted for the scholarship and how equity is central to the conception of your project? Yeah. So my project is called Transcendent Flow. It's an aerial acrobatic center for the circus community. I grew up doing aerial acrobatics, which is like flying through the air. Um, yeah. so you ever heard of Cirque du Soleil, stuff like that. Yeah. And the circus community is just really special to me. Uh, it helps people grow mentally, physically, and surpass what they thought were their limits. And so I really wanted to connect with my friend, Safi. Uh, they're a non-binary friend who is a contortionist. And I interviewed them multiple times throughout the whole process of you know, program requirements, how they utilize the space, um, they're a performer and a student. So I wanted to interview them and how they feel at home in the acrobatic studio. And so their perspective directly influenced my design and even the artistic expressions that are throughout my uh, space. That's incredible. You picked such a unique, uh, unique subject. As the, as the foundation of your of your project, it's the circus, and it's what a a barrier breaking concept of sorts, if you will. Mm-hmm. With there's so much that happens in aerial acrobatics that can be intimidating to a lot of people. So 
So it's so yeah. cool that you picked that and then how your non-binary friend, how it's all going to relate to their, you know, to what they're doing in their career. Yeah. The community is really unique because we're kind of embracing everyone from anywhere and yeah. even people in wheelchairs can have access to this physical movement without maybe using their legs or whatever it may be. And so everyone has this artistic expression within themselves and they feel confident and powerful in what they're doing and when they're performing. And so it can be really trusting and exciting to kind of push your fear. I can only imagine. I've never personally participated in in that kind of activity, but I can imagine the confidence that it builds as you do. And I can see how that can just parlay into the other aspects of your life. I, I find that whole concept fascinating. So Miriam, could you tell us about your project that you submitted uh, and how equity is central to its conception? The project I submitted was titled The New Hearth, and it looked into ideas of interiority, exteriority, uh, between the singular, the fireplace, and the plural, which is the campfire. And it looked into existing collaborational potentials between community members in Poughkeepsie and the Dutchess County as a whole. To give you more of an overview, I would I would like to say that the site was this wooded area in Packet Hill Park, and it was a, a very significant African-American archaeological site. There's a huge community that lived there, but they don't exist anymore. And so if you relook at the archaeological findings of that area, you see a lot of foundations and burnt brick and midden and food involved. And so this free Black community was called New Guinea Town. And Hearth in this community was seen as a space for individual refuge, a communal safe space, a sacred space, as well as a portal to communicate with your ancestors. So you see a lot of cosmograms, which is a very interesting elliptical form that has an axis, usually etched onto these hearths. And I use that as a way to like devise programming, which looks into the idea of memory and sanctuary through the power of food across time. I believe that this would become an opportunity for the youth to interact with who interacts with the space to feel like the act of cooking is not just a chore, but something that you reconnect with yourself, who you got the recipe from, perhaps like your grandmother, your uncle, a random neighbor, and to create a new collective memory to the ritual of making, dining, sharing, and all of the above. That's amazing. I mean, the first thing that I was I was shocked with is that there is an archaeological African American site in Poughkeepsie. Exactly. That, you know, it's something that just has disappeared. You know, mm-hmm. the time. So that that part had me stunned. And then I love how you've taken this concept of hearth and brought those elliptical designs into the overall planning concept. That's that's very cool how you've taken the history of it and brought it into current day. The initial brief was about creating a monument. And I always believe that a monument is almost a destination. Yes, there's memory associated with it. And then I wanted to challenge it by saying, what if it's a living memorial? What if it's a space that you constantly visit as an act of the programming involved? And as a result, you remember through making using the space over and over again. Very cool. Very, very cool. It's, it's, it's easy to see why you are both selected as the winners of the scholarships that we've offered. That's it's very fascinating with two completely different concepts going on. So 
Can you tell me what the importance is of diversity to you in the design industry and, and why that matters? Why is diversity in the design industry important? Collaboration is a huge part of design. So we need to include um, a variety of perspectives and different cultures when we operate and how we design for every community is unique to that community. Creating a pretty project is not going to just make people's lives better. So we need to include everyone around us and us starting with the people in your own company, who's at the top and who is kind of making these decisions. So we need to broaden our diversity in our own uh, firms. Love it. In my case, I think diversity in industry is crucial because as Valerie said, you have to, it becomes an opportunity to integrate various perspectives and backgrounds. And I believe that fosters an environment that demands empathy and not sympathy with the, the stakeholders that you're dealing with. It also becomes this amazing environment, I feel, to like fuel innovation and creativity. So I see that whenever I'm with my peers in college, being an international student myself. And I feel that you're therefore able to design in a way that's more inclusive and culturally sensitive. You both bring up a lot of great examples there of why it's so important. And from my perspective, personally, being in the, you know, being in the field for so long is there's just a, a firm and the people that are within it. It's just a small sliver of the fabric of society. And unless we're all looking outward and looking at who makes up the fabric of society and trying to try trying to make sure things are relatable for everybody, we're not doing the right thing. I mean, we're not doing it. If we're, if we're not doing that, if we're not making sure that we are actually representing the rest of the world in what we do within our firm, we're failing. We're just failing. I agree. So what changes would you like to see in architecture and design? Uh, this one's a tough one, but I would yep. like to see a stronger work-life balance. Uh, oh, yeah. Prioritizing mental health in the profession, reducing the idea that architects are supposed to stay late and hit every deadline perfectly. Um you know, maybe there's something off with that idea and maybe the deadlines need to be extended or whatever that may be to find a solution. Um, and also, again, my bachelor's is in interior design. So a big problem is people not knowing what interior design really is and how we need to advocate for ourselves. It's not just interior decorating. It's not just like HGTV and how can we... <laughs> Um, you know, really spread knowledge about what we're doing and how important it is. Absolutely true. I, I couldn't agree with you more in that. The interior design, I think, is one of the uh, undertold stories in the design world. Everybody has an idea of what it is, but no, outside of the industry, it, it's a very, it's a very small portion of what it is. And, uh, and as far as work-life balance, couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> I've, I've grown up in the field, if you will, personally, 
with the late nights before laptops were the industry standard where you could take some work home with you, if that made it a balance (laughs) (laughs) and, and having those all nighters in the office with your team and trying to get work done, that's yeah. Work-life balance is, is huge. Couldn't, couldn't agree with you more on that. Miriam, what kind of changes do you think you'd like to see in the architecture and design industry? Well, I feel like growing up, I had a lot of interests. I I always felt like it was not just architecture. I was interested in biology, sociology, anthropology. So I feel like maybe the way forward is not based on typology or a specific singular architect or designer's expertise, Mm -hmm. but rather a more collaborative approach that's highly interdisciplinary because the problems for today are very complex and nuanced. And to deal with that, I think it's not just designers. It's it's a whole team that has to work together. I agree with you on that too. Wow. Seriously, the two of you are coming up with some fantastic ideas here because mental health and work-life balance, a full team approach. Couldn't agree with you more because there's so many aspects of what goes into our projects relating to the communities that we work with, that we're putting projects in, the technology that's going within the buildings. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, there's, there's so many different layers of things that happen that, yeah, the, the team approach is, is vital. You're, you're going to find there's a lot of firms that are still working in a slightly older fashion, if you will, and they're, they're going to struggle to be making changes here, I think, uh, as, mm-hmm. as we progress, because the firms that are making the changes, embracing diversity, looking for work-life balance and mental health with their own employees Mm -hmm. uh, and finding that true multidisciplinary team approach to things. You've got technology being interwoven into it. You've got, you've got ecological points to be brought into it now. Exactly. Even like material research, um, there's just so much happening in terms of biogenic materials, limitations associated with it. So like maybe even having I don't know, a material researcher, a specialist in chem- chemistry. Like, there's just so much. Yes. The potential is just amazing. Miriam, I was wondering if you've heard of Mary Oxman. Yes. She's doing exactly what you're talking about right now. And she's in New Yorker. Her firm is in New York. Mm-hmm. And it's just incredible, like the kinds of designs she's doing and then how she's incorporating the different disciplines into her work. Yeah, it's someone I really look up to. <laughs> it's, a, it's a breath of fresh air for me. I have had this opportunity two other times to uh, to talk to our scholarship winners, and it's always inspirational to me. The information that you bring, the things you're thinking about are so fantastic and forward-thinking, and there's elements that are ahead of what the industry is doing, and there's elements that parts of the industry are truly engaged in and working on. And it's just, it's so cool. It's so cool to see that everybody of all age groups is looking at the same things in our fields. We're really trying to push these things forward. Love it. So what are your respective plans for the future? Once you're, you're done with school, let's, let's get in the fast forward machine. <laughs> you're done with school. You've graduated. You're not there anymore. Where do you see yourself? What do you want to be doing? I mean, I'm always looking to learn. I want to do really meaningful projects. I want to travel abroad, maybe work at some international firms. And then I think, I don't know what age, but 
when I'm close to retirement, <laughs> I yeah. would love to become a professor. Um, I'm also a tutor and a TA, and I have loved those roles. So I've learned a lot from my professors now, and I just think that I can carry that forward. That's wonderful. That That's truly wonderful. Miriam? Now that it's not that distant in terms of this projection, I am graduating this spring, right, and it right. is, it's a new a chapter that has to be opened. Um, and I hope to work across different scales, ideally for an interdisciplinary firm that I know that I can contribute to and make a difference in. Um, and as Bobby said, I'm also a very passionate individual with, with this deep love for teaching, which is why I started this MRC program three years, despite having a five-year BRC. Um, And I really want to give back, uh, ideally, at my undergraduate institution. Um, I want to make a positive impact on the next generation of learners, uh, but by delving into both academia and practice at the same time, because I think one fuels the other and vice versa. Being a woman of color, being a woman, just being an Indian, I feel like there's just so much. And as you said, there's a diversity in looking up to a professor who you can see yourself in. And I feel like that's very, very powerful. And yeah, that's what I hope to do in the future. That is wonderful. And the thing that strikes me from what both of you said is the teaching aspect uh, about basically being able to pay it back and Mm -hmm. help raise the next generation of designers out in our fields. That's, That's a wonderful thing to do. And I don't know if it gets done enough necessarily where the information is uh, translated and passed backwards. It's good to hear other people talking about uh, the teaching aspect because it's a, it's a vitally important thing to the industry. Thank you both so much for joining me today and congratulations on being this year's award recipients. Thank you so much for having us. It, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, it was a really fun conversation. And yeah, thank you again for the scholarship. So it's absolutely our pleasure. And really, I, I can't thank both of you enough just for uh, the time taking out of your busy schedules today to do this. I also can't forget to say thank you to our listeners. Let us know what you think about this episode or any design discussion you've heard at sideofdesign at bwbr.com. Until next time, see you on the other side. This has been Side of Design from BWBR, brought to you without any paid advertisements or commercials. If you found value in what you've heard today, give us a like, leave us a comment, or better yet, share us with your network. You can also reach out to us if you'd like to share an idea for a show or start a discussion. Email us at sideofdesign at bwbr.com.